SA Crypto, South Africa's largest blockchain community and news outlet. All right, so still day one of Blockchain Africa 2019 here in Johannesburg. And right now I'm with Matthew Arnott, who is dual CEO of PO8 and uh, Fort Network, uh, who actually studied at MIT Tsinghua, China's number one university. They have a, 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 a dual program yes. with MIT yes. in Boston, Massachusetts. Yes. Uh, so this is an incredible story straight out of the Bahamas. Uh, Matthew is from the Bahamas uh, and developing an incredible, incredible project. Uh, well, two projects actually yes. with PO8 and, and with Fort Network. Yeah. Um, just give us a short introduction as to okay. who you are, okay. how you ended up from the Bahamas in China yes. and now into blockchain technology. Okay, so in 2005, uh, the Chinese government asked the Bahamas government to send them three standout young individuals for a Caribbean and Latin America youth conference. I was selected, I went. I made this speech, they said, you gotta come back and study here. I said, okay, I'll do it. And the rest is history. I had two startups in China. One was a uh, media live event startup that was acquired in 2013. And then subsequent to that, 2011, it was very complimentary to start a ticket company because in China at that time, they had no English ticketing platform. So that was my first foray into the dot-com world. And that was acquired one year later by a big Chinese company um, called Damai Wang. So um, that's where the love for sort of, uh, um, I guess, the technology really started in that first business. And then I started a mining uh, co-op with uh, some my Chinese friends, some other people. And then we kind of left that alone in 2016, me personally, and I got right into the, the blockchain uh, sort of what could distributed ledger technology do to existing businesses and how could, if applied right, it provides solutions to make the lives better of people. And then when the government of the Bahamas in 2016 said, we want to turn the Bahamas into a tech paradise, I decided to take the lead and make a what I thought was a very complementary company that would be locally built but be able to scale globally. And what did you start with, PO8 or Fort Network? PO8. So PO8 started first, and it started just because we had this uh, problem in the Bahamas. There was a moratorium for 20 years on the marine archaeology industry because in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, a lot of people came to the Bahamas. They were unscrupulous. They had a lot of problems. They didn't pay the government. There was this, that, and the next. The government said, shut the industry down. So we came up with a solution to using dis distributed ledger technology, using the blockchain, and pioneering non-fungible tokens. So a lot of people in the blockchain industry don't know that much about non-fungible tokens. So it's two tokens in the world, or two sides rather, fungible, non-fungible, the fungible, the Bitcoins, the Ethereum. So non-fungible means that those two tokens cannot be swapped. They're unique. The underlying asset is different. And so we said... So you could have, um, for instance, you know, if I have one Bitcoin and you have one Bitcoin, we can both buy the same thing because it's of equal value. But if you have a non-fungible token A and I have the same non-fungible token A, mm -hmm. my value could be different yes. than your value. Exactly. Because within your non-fungible token is a smart contract which is holding a different underlying asset. Correct. Okay. Exactly correct. All right. Exactly so, correct. So this is, a, this is a pretty new uh, sort of space it is. in the industry. It is. It is. Uh, because everyone's been trying to tokenize... Uh, Everything, as yes. you said, as you said, off, yes. off mic, 
real estate, yes. uh, uh, shares, equities, all that kind of thing. And uh, how have you found already an innovative industry in blockchain, mm-hmm. in DLT, mm-hmm. now pioneering even further? Mm-hmm. How, have you, how have you found the response to that from investors, from regulators? Well, I, I believe as uh, an innovative company, uh, I always tell everyone that I'm working with, I'm always living in the future. So I'm always trying to build for three years or five years from now. And I think in this space, non-fungible tokens represent underlying assets much differently than fungible tokens do. And it allows us to do uh, a larger variety of things. It makes them more malleable, which makes them easier to be adapted to traditional business. So then the reception so far has been very welcoming because you have a technology that that a bank, for example, or that for us, we use offline, off-chain custodians. That's how we create a secure chain of store value. Because there are, there are many companies working on non-fungible tokens, but they're working more on the provenance, which is basically the metadata to how this underlying asset came to be here. So you have people talking about you know, tracing coffee from field to the cup. Um, but then we said these same non-fungible tokens could be a very secured um, store value, which in the future we believe will be transacted amongst each other so that the, the, the actual underlying asset will stay in custodianship of a real custodian. So now you see the integration of large uh, institutional players so they don't feel threatened because if it's a more homogeneous symbiotic environment then the growth will happen that much faster so those assets stay into custodianship and then if you were the beneficial or the creator of that non-fungible token you then take that non-fungible token you put it on a marketplace and then you can sell it or you can fractionalize it but the actual asset doesn't have to move so now it's borderless it's seamless so if you apply it to like scenarios in the African market there are a lot of different areas where there are e-liquid assets and because of whether it's exchange controls, whether it's any number of things, they don't get access to the capital the way they should, they will now be able to because the actual asset could stay in a bank here, it could stay in the central bank, it could stay in secure warehousing in, in the U.S.'s Brinks, which is secure warehousing and in Singapore and Geneva they have secure warehousing where they put a lot of assets. So. I think that, uh, yes, the, the industry so far has been very welcoming to it. Again, the whole entire concept of blockchain, of tokenization, is still new in general. So education is a must. And um, the, the adaptation of the actual technology and how it affects your life now is also critical for people to see, is there a real use for this? What's the real benefit to me? What's the payoff to me? And talk about uh, your work into Africa. Yes. Uh, I believe you're doing some work into Kenya. Um, I know back home in the Bahamas, uh, it's, you know, uh, looking at some of the historic artifacts, things Correct. like that. What are you looking at in Africa? So uh, we're basically taking what we've created in the Bahamas with PO8. And it, it's, it's, it's kind, of, uh, kind of niche and, then, and maybe novel, but very exciting. So I think it brings out the inner explorer in all of us. Um, and basically what it is, is that there are about $100 billion of sunken ships all over the Bahamas. Wow. And so we have already pinpointed where certain ones are. Your company, PO8, Our company, has, PO8 done this. has already pinpointed. Wow. So we know, okay, that one is there, that one is there. And then what we did was we went back to history to find out what is the potential cargo on these ships. So when any of these things were leaving a port, they always kept great records. It might have been the Portuguese a Portuguese ship, it might have been a Spanish ship. Those are the two top contenders normally, mostly Spanish. And so those ships are lost, we recover them, and there are assets inside of them. Most of them are artifacts. So what do we do with these artifacts? We don't sell artifacts, we don't believe in it. 
we put them in a museum, which creates his more historical tourism for the Bahamas. So then there are exact models here in South Africa on the coast where there were so many ships lost, so many Portuguese ships were lost going to Brazil or going uh, from India back to Portugal, all, all over. And in Kenya, the same thing. So what we want to do along with the government, because our partner in the Bahamas is the government by law, they have 25%, is that you create new, uh, new sectors in the blue economy for a country. So when you integrate the blue economy, you integrate blockchain, and then all of, most of our systems are robotic systems and, and AI. It's a very exciting project. It's kind of like, oh my goodness, it's the perfect storm. Everything is coming together. But those artifacts stay in a museum, and they become a secure underlying asset for a non-fungible token. And then that non-fungible token is then sold on. So the ownership of those assets can be globally anywhere in the world. And so we hope the same thing will happen here in, in Johannesburg and uh, also in Kenya. So you're talking about um, uh, tokenizing in a non-fungible way yes. these, these assets, yes. these artifacts, yes. but you're also talking about putting them in a museum. Correct. So, so who owns it now? PO8, because yes. what you've described uh, to me, again, off mic, because PO8 is sort of the robotics uh, exploratory uh, arm of the company or, or company that's discovering and pinpointing and, and capturing the location of these artifacts. Yes. And then Fort Network is the one that's tokenizing Correct. these, these Correct. Uh, artifacts. Um, but who owns the artifacts? Okay. So, is it not the government that owns those artifacts if well, they're going to go into a museum? Well, in the beginning, there's a, there's a law that's called, called finders keepers. Yes. And in the law of the land of the Bahamas, the finder owns the artifacts. But you have a relationship with the so government. So wait a second, a light bulb, light bulb goes off. So you're saying PO8 yes. finds yes. Uh, and, and owns. owns? Correct. Okay. Correct. And then 25% of that revenue that's generated from that activity goes to the government, which then belongs to the, to the people of the Bahamas. Sure. Now, what we did, because we believe that this model must have social and economic impact, is we said, why don't we just build a museum? So we've committed to building a 50,000 square foot museum in the Bahamas so that it might become possibly the number one marine archaeology museum in the world. So putting those artifacts there, now you attract a different type of tourists to the Bahamas. So Bahamas is very big on sun, sand and sea, but historically, historical tourism hasn't been a big play for us. But historical tourism brings you European tourists, Asian tourists, which is a higher quality of tourists in my point of view. So that um, museum is going to be on an island called Grand Bahama. And in Grand Bahama, there are about 50 to 60,000 people. The goal is to get a million stopover passengers by 2021 to Grand Bahama. And the average spend on a very low level is $80 a head. So you're looking at an injection of $80 million to that economy. Wow. So that, it changes the face of things for that island and for yeah. those people. And the level of jobs that are required, you're thinking about curators, you're thinking about all these other things that are not necessarily there right now, so they'll have to be trained. But then it also elevates the intellect of the, of, the, of the job market there, and it just helps the country to grow. So that same thing is what we want to do. But of course, the artifacts and things that will be found will be, will be native to, to the African market. So it'll be another attraction that Kenya or South Africa can have it as, as well. So it's not going to be like a conflict because everything is so different. Wow. Well, Matthew, sounds like you've got 
your hands seriously full at the moment. Um, you're a young man. Uh, you're obviously a very driven man from what you've explained to me. Uh, would you mind just giving any of the viewers and the listeners here some inspiration? They may be developing in this mm. space. What would you say to entrepreneurs who are building right now uh, and maybe on the verge of running out of funding, giving up? What would you say to them? I, I think one of the key things that I've learned during this whole period is about faith. And faith is seeing things that aren't there. And when, when your faith and your feet meet and you step out, that's when you really win. But you have to dare to actually do that. Um, and I think when faith is also kind of the overarching element of your belief system, you, you, yeah, there's some days that you're gonna think, ah, I don't know how we're gonna go on, I don't know what's gonna happen. But if you double down, and if you're doing the right things, and if you are staffing your weaknesses, if you are aligning yourself, I think with the right, the right course of actions, a solid core team, good, good advisors, good mentors, and you're following something that you're passionate about and that is impactful, you will succeed. It's just a matter of time. But you have to have that resilience. I, I think if you are um, you know, resilient enough to get there, I tell people then you have to be consistent enough to stay there. And once you get there and you stay there and you're grateful, the industry rewards you and you'll, you will increase in that particular area. So well, I, I, hope that, uh, yeah. I hope that people will, will fight for it. Very, very inspirational indeed, folks. There you go. You uh, couldn't have asked for a more inspirational uh, leader in this space, pioneer in this space. I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more from you, Matthew. Thank, Thank you for you. your time. Thank you And good much. luck with PO8 Thank and you. Fort Network. Thank you. Here we go, guys. We'll catch you at the next edition of the SA Crypto video podcast. SA Crypto, South Africa's largest blockchain community and news outlet.